funny when you get different people come through the doors and sit down with us and then how how the comments and the and the viewership viewership listenership kind of ripples across the world and I've been, over the last few weeks obviously having Liz in and then having David in seeing people come online from Brisbane and then a whole lot of people from America come on to to say good day to us or or what's the American Hi. for good day? Hi. <laughs> and it, you know, it's really nice. I think the the few moments that we stopped and we talked about kind of appreciating different aspects of the music, kind of hearing that being echoed back, and it kind of seems to be touching. Like people are getting what we're getting out of it. Well, that's what it seems to me. That's what people are telling us. Um, like it's we always knew there'd be people in Ireland listening to this, but you kind of think people listening around the world it's really fantastic that's myself and dom in a small shed and and bowing heads in australia so um anyone that's going over to uh, patreon uh, thank you so much for that and uh anyone that does want to go over there look it's the usual i'm going to go straight into the spiel go over to patreon.com forward slash baloney pilgrims that's funny when we started doing this it would take us 10 takes to say patreon.com forward slash blarney pilgrims and now it's just rolling off the you top see it enough times yeah well so this week we're back in melbourne at the last jar um our home away from home and we are delighted to say um the first as i've discussed in several of our kind of earlier episodes the first session in melbourne that i started going to was at the last jar and i'm pretty certain the first person there who talked to me was today's guest Mark Wilson. So we're really uh, delighted to have a chance to chat to him. He's a singer. He plays the whistle. He plays the spoons, and um, he's got a just a really fascinating story. And it's just lovely to have a chance to sit down to to actually just engage with him on he's on a, a deeper level. Of this stuff. He's such a warm character, very quiet man, and a very friendly face. Like when you say he was one of the first people to spoke with you. I think anyone that would have listened to our episode with Paddy will have heard the story of when I first came to Melbourne and I used to go to the sessions. Paddy was someone who was very friendly. The other person who was always a, a, an encouraging face when you saw him sitting there, always come over and say hello to the, the twins, was Mark. Lovely man. And just one of those people when you see him walk in, not that he t- he's very quiet, but when he's in the room, just it feels feels right. Something The last piece just slots in. So that's today's guest. So shall we just... Away we go. Yeah, I'll start with a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll probably do. No, and, and I've got a a, lo- a long list, you know, that I I can pick from to sing. Not that I can sing them all off the top of my head, you know. I'd have to think of them. But uh, the hardest part of it is picking the song. You know what you think uh, will be suitable. So I, I went for James Connolly. If you know the James Connolly. Um, I don't know whose version it was, but um, there's there's two versions of it. But this is this is the version that I do anyway. Um, hopefully, I can do it. Mm. Oh, where, oh, where is our James Conley? Oh, where, oh, where is that gallant man? He's gone to organise the union That working men, they might yet be freed Then who, then who will lead the van? 
who then who will lead the van who bought our James Conley the hero of the working man who will carry high the burning flag who will carry high the burning flag who bought our james conley will carry high the burning flag oh they carried him up to the jail they carried him up to the jail and they shot him down on a bright May morning and quickly laid him in his gore. Who mourns the death of this great man? Who mourns the death of this great man? Oh, bury me down in yon green garden With union men on every side Oh, they buried him down in yon green garden with union men on every side and they swore they would form a mighty weapon that james conley's name would be filled with pride where oh where is our james conley where oh where is that gallant man he's gone to organize the union that working men they might yet be free thank you mark thank you very much james connolly James Connolly, the where Irish did you come rebel. A, where did you come across that song? Look, at, yeah, I came across it somewhere. Somebody that sings that version of it anyway. Right. There is another version of it, and I don't know it off the top of my head. I've heard a version. Mm. I've heard Andy Irvin singing a version of I that. I think it might have been, uh, is it Mark, Mark Weldon or... Right. Uh, singer from Dublin, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. is there is there mm. was there a particular reason why you chose that song to start? Oh, with? look at my father was a labour man. Uh-huh. You know, in the, worked in a wallpaper factory most of his working life, 30 years. He worked in a wallpaper factory. I used to walk in through it myself, you know, uh, when I was a boy. And um, gosh, it was a. I wouldn't have liked to have worked there. It was so noisy and, you know, everything, big machines and scary as a young boy. There were huge machines, wallpaper making machines. But yeah, he worked in that for 30 years, so he was a labour man all his life. And, and James Connolly is, uh, is, is, is uh, here, well, a labour, you know, a labour legend. You mm-hmm. know? 
socialist what, labor where yeah. um where was the the wallpaper factory where was that in kildare town itself right. yeah and that's is that where you were born and yeah yeah born uh-huh. kildare town yeah yeah right. uh-huh. 1962 <laughs> and and how many how many else is in your family i've got three sisters right yeah and one are they still there or yeah yes uh-huh. they're still there uh, uh my younger sister moved away to france and studied and whatnot but they're all back in they're all back in kildare now mm-hmm what, what was it like growing up there? Ah, so. uh, look, uh, without saying too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like we grew up in a housing estate, so it was all, you know, uh, it was all very active. You know, there was lots of families, lots of big families. You know, the two up, two down rows of houses. And, yeah, there was lots of kids, lots of, yeah. So it was lots of excitement. Mm. Uh, I remember it fondly. We were a smaller family because only four of us, but um, there was families with, you know, 10, 12 kids. You wonder how they all lived in a two up, two down, yeah. you know, and a, and a toilet and a shed. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I know fond, fond memories. We then went up to live in our grandmother's house when I was about 12 or so. She lived just on the edge of town, on the other edge of town, next to uh, you know the Carmelite church uh, my grandparents were um, uh, kind of um, worked for the church and uh, my grandmother was a was a cook and cleaner and my grandfather you know looked after looked after the priests right uh, uh, what, what gardening and looking after them what what did your dad do in the- uh, yeah, well, my dad worked in the wallpaper factory for right. 30 years, Aye. and then the wallpaper, wallpaper factory closed down, but uh, they all lost their entitlements, I think. You know, that was the case. They lost uh, some English company, bought them out Crown or something, and uh, they lost all their entitlements. So my father had to go back work, and he went back working for the council, uh, first on the Weybridge, you know, the way, you know where they had the Weybridge, and uh, then at the courthouse, and... Uh, you know, at the market square, cleaning toilets and things like that. He was a working man. He loved working. All this time while he was working, since my grandfather passed away, he was looking after the gardens at the church as well. We were kind of, we were living in a church house. We were kind of, I shouldn't say married to the church, but, you know, there was um, there was that tradition. Mm. Right. Right. Mm. And what what about your your mum? Where was she from? Was uh, she from look, Kildare? Yeah, or? yeah, she was from Kildare too. Don't know a great deal about that side of the family. Uh, her 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 maiden name was Carter, Scottish, of Scottish descent. I'm a Wilson, so you know I'm not Irish at all. Uh, you know I was born there, but you know you've got to you've got to have died two hundred years there or longer before you become one of them. I think, <laughs> you know. <if, laughs> You're a black. Out. You're a black. Probably uh, Scottish. Yeah, Scottish. So probably Scottish. Yeah. Well, I'll claim Scottish Wilson rather than English Wilson. Maybe. But I, you know. Uh, aye. I'm safe. Mm. No, Grant. No. Oh, no, you're an Amani. Yeah. 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 What? What's your surname, Darren? Omahani. Oman oh, Asher. Jeez, you're right. I'm right. Got nothing to worry about. <laughs> the irony's not lost on me there. <laughs> so, so um, when. Uh, when you were growing up, um, were you hearing much music around the place? Look, I was thinking about that now and when you asked me if I'd come in, where, where I got my music from. It was very, very sparse. You know, it was, 
there was no instruments, there was no instrument players around or, you know, there was there were singers, old men singing, yeah, mm-hmm. there was plenty of that around. Uh, well, there was, you know, that around, no, I wouldn't say plenty. Not every pub in the town, Kildare had something like 14 or 15 pubs in it. There was probably only uh, one or two that uh, had an old man singing in somewhere down uh, in a dark hole, <laughs> you know? Aye. Aye. And, uh, and and you're yeah. like you, there was nobody in the family who was really uh, look at I've got photographs of my mother she was a dancer you know she was uh, she had medals for dancing uh-huh. uh, so obviously she was listening and uh, you know doing doing her thing but I never saw any of it or never heard any of it mm-hmm. that's when she was a younger woman uh, my father and uh, it's only because I have photographs of it uh, one photograph of it uh, he's marching down the street in a pipe band mm. I do remember a chanter sitting in a drawer, right. you know, yeah, that kind of thing, yeah, and yeah. a broken fiddle on the wall, but not too much else. Yeah. yeah. So, so where do you think, um, for you, the if you're able to, to say, mm. you know, when did you start to think you, you wanted to sing? Uh, yeah. Look at sitting. Look at I, I, that goes back a fair while. I must admit. You know, sitting on the windowsill, looking out over the, the house instead, we wore the two up, two down, I told you about. Sitting on the windowsill there and I could look out across, I could see across the Curra, yeah. you know, and uh, I could see the, the tower on the, you know, the English, the, the barracks over, over the other side. And I used to just sit there diddly-diddle in a way, you know, uh, making, not, not making up any words, but, you know, trying to make some music out yeah. of it. And you know, I think that that was probably you know I've, I've always had a bit of that, uh-huh. and that's where that might that might have been. I don't know, you know. And then for a long time I didn't, uh, you know, I was uh, wasn't too interested in the Irish music at all, really, you know, until I met Paddy Fitzgerald and that crew. So out it here. was when you came over to Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. When I come over right. here, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'd been to Germany and uh, did a bit of travelling around Europe and whatnot before I came out here in 1987. Uh, but it was only when I came here, and it, it wasn't even then, it was probably, I would have been here probably five or six years, maybe even longer, ten years before, um, you know. So so we'll come back to that in a wee minute, but I wanted mm. to ask you a wee bit just about, so... So when you're growing up and you and you're you're going to school and stuff, I mean, did you have yeah. an idea then that you that you might want to leave Kildare or like how did that come about mm. that you ended up sort of looking elsewhere? Yes, yes, well. <clears throat> mm. There's always those backstories, isn't there? Uh, look, I just went down to when I finished school. I you know, you know, I was content enough. I was. I was a mad runner. I loved running. We were all the part of the family were involved in the Kildare Running Club, you know, part of the family thing. I loved running. I had aspirations of going over to America and, you know, getting a scholarship like, uh, you know. Uh, Di- like sort of distance running? Middle distance middle running, distance, distance running, running. Right. yeah, yeah. Right. Long distance running, yeah, like, uh, you know. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I damaged my knees when I was a 17-year-old and, uh, you know, from running on the road, you know, not not been, not having proper shoes and, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. they didn't have any reconstructions back then. So, yeah, that was that was the running idea gone. Then I, then I went wild. <laughs> <laughs> hit the drink and hit the, you know, hit the town. 
went down to Carlow, you know, 17, you know, finished high school, went down to Carlow, you know, doing a, a construction certificate, something like that, you know, drafting and whatnot. And, um, you know, getting on the drink and... Because we all had scholarships back then, you know, I think it was pretty good. I think we... I wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. I don't think my parents would have been able to afford to send me to Carlow and, and yeah, whatnot unless there was some government assistance. So we got scholarships. Uh, and yeah, yeah, and, and went a bit wild. And that first year out of school, I, when I turned 18, we all went over to Germany looking for, the, you know, looking for chasing money, you know, because there was nothing in Ireland to, to do, really, back then. Uh, you so know, what, what did you do in Germany? Jeez, uh, uh, yeah. We did what we had to do, I think, yeah. you know, initially. You know, I, first place I went to was Hamburg. Uh, didn't even know the word for work in German, you know. We were supposed to meet some people from Carlo, you know, older, older kids from college that uh, were, um, were over in Hamburg. That was the reason we went to Hamburg. Uh, but they never showed up at the station, so we're, there we were, yeah. you know. They didn't show up. What the fuck do we do? <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. what did you do? So, I was, well, you know, we had tents and all that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, we camped out. You know, found a, you know, found a camping ground. But soon, 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 soon enough, the money ran out, and you know, the work wasn't to be had. You know, we never bumped into those people as it happened. But um, Anyway, after about two weeks, the chap that I went over with decided that, you know, he was going home. He was he, he had enough, you know. I don't know, my stubbornness or whatnot wouldn't let me, uh, wouldn't let me. And I shacked up with a couple of guys from Galway, older guys from university, you know, far more smart than I was, you know. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we all kind of try and, try and survive some way and we... You know, it's uh, uh, it all ended pretty bad, really. You know, right. I sh- probably shouldn't be talking too much about it on the radio. <laughs> I might have sisters listening, and uh, that well, what happened? Uh, look, at uh, uh, we got into trouble with uh, with the police for a start because uh, one of the guys that I one of the Galway guys, he was his nickname was Crazy Horse. Right. Galway guy, he ended up getting stabbed back in Galway. I don't know if you'd Google it if you'd find it, but um, that's what I'd heard anyway. And yeah, he was pretty crazy. So yeah, I had to get out of that predicament, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up in, the, you know, the equivalent of the Salvation Army, I suppose, in the, in in Hamburg, and said, "I'm, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm destitute here." Uh, but still didn't want to go home, you know. Got, uh, got, uh, you know, conned a ticket out of them to get back to, train ticket to get back to Dusseldorf from Hamburg and then stayed on the train and went all the way to Munich because there was a possibility of work down there. I wasn't going to go home empty-handed. After two weeks, we were out there, you know, it was summer holidays, you know, uh, yeah, there's months and months to go yet. Hmm? Right. Nothing to go home for. And then went home with a bag full of presents, and then went back to college, went back to school, and what did, were you doing did, then did the same, did the same thing, the second right. year of that construction certificate Aye. thing, and then uh, went over again. Left left straight away as soon as uh, you know school year was over, back to Munich, 
this time with uh, two other guys, uh, camped along the, the Isar River there in Munich. Uh, did it pretty rough over the winter time because you know we went over there late September. That's when school finished, and by mid-November, late this, in early December, the snow had already set in. We still hadn't found work, okay. so yeah, we were, we were, we were, we were living off the the, the, the gratitude of uh, the young kids. There was a youth hostel up the up top of the hill, up on top of the and uh, they used to be given packed lunches and things like that. And uh, and the stuff they didn't want, sure, they just threw in the bin, you know, they'd go through the packed lunch, oh yeah, there's the lollies, or there's the, yeah. you know, there's the nice uh, biscuits, but they threw the, the oranges and the, the bananas and things like that in the bin, and that's what we lived off. Well, well, besides robbing shops, which you didn't, you didn't want to do, which you had to do, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were very fortunate because we got we got caught robbing a shop by a German you know, manager, red-handed. Caught us straight away. Uh, and fortunately, he was married to an Irish girl. <laughs> and uh, you know they they took he took pity on us and invited her around to his house and looked after us pretty well. You know, gave us you know fed us and yeah, fed stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, over the winter, the Germans were very generous. They used to come walking their dogs in the snow. And, and uh, when, uh, you know, I mean the snow, when you, when you get out to have a piss, by the time it... Jeez, I shouldn't say things like that on... on uh, uh, by the time it hits the ground, it's frozen. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, you know, that's severe. It, it's pretty chilly. <laughs> <laughs> it's ice cubes. Well, yeah. He, uh, one, one of the guys, his name was Tony Carey. God rest his soul, now he's passed away. Uh, my age, I'm only 57, he died a good few years ago now, yeah. Um, he ended up staying in Germany, married a German lass and had a couple of kids, yeah. But uh, he went down to the river, the Caesar River, to wash the pots and pans and came back without a pot. The pot went drifting away down the river. We were only left for the pan. We'd no pot to cook things in, we don't have to cook everything in a pan then. Everything had to be cooked in the pan. Oh, he never forgot that. <laughs> he was... <sighs> yeah, didn't have a pan to piss in. Mm. No, no, yeah. no. Would you, would you fancy doing another song? Look at you now. I'm, I'm a lot easier talking than I am singing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, let me think. Um, look, I love Christy Moore. Like, we you know that most of the... You know, uh, some of the people we've had on, you know, everybody mentions, or a few of them mention Christy Moore, and I'm a Kildare man, love Christy Moore, so I'll, I'll try and sing one of his songs. And he sings some lovely songs, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. yeah, they're they're he kind does. of endless, I, yeah. I just got a message from a friend who's just been mm. to see him, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. He's, he's yeah. touring with Declan Sinnott. You know Declan Sinnott used to play guitar? Yes. Uh, electric guitar with a movie. Yeah, yes, 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 yeah. Well, he sings this one, and it's the first one that I'm going, you know, I've pulled out, so I'll give this one a go, if that's all right. Yeah, what yeah. is it? It's The January Man. Um, I just love the idea. It doesn't have a chorus or anything in it, but it's... You know, gosh, you should turn your phone off before you do interviews, shouldn't you? Uh, that's Christy now, ringing. Uh, I hope Christy. you're not going to be singing one of my songs. Yeah, yeah, you better get permission before you... Oh, it's... A, Marty, I'm in the middle of something. I'll get back to you. 
Yep, lovely Marty. Thanks. Bye. A good mate of mine from down the Warnable Way, Marty Ruan, a Mayo man. And music is all about the people that you're, you know, you're doing yeah. it with. Yeah. You know. Is he? A, he's a player, is he? Yeah, yeah. He plays bazooka. Sings a good song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, mm. We'll have to get your uh, get some details. Give mm. him a call. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Warnable crew. Yeah, get yourself down to Warnable. There's some um, some lovely people down there. Yeah. It's over here. Right. The January man, he goes around in woolen coat and boots of leather. The February man still shakes the snow from off his clothes and blows his hands. The man of March he sees the spring and wonders what the year will bring and hopes for better weather. Through April rain the man goes down to watch the birds come in to share the summer. The man of May stands very still to watch the children dance away the day. In June the man inside the man is young and wants to lend a hand and smiles at each newcomer. In July, the man in cotton shirt, he sits and thinks at being idle. The August man in thousands take the road to find the sun and watch the sea. September man is standing near to saddle up another year and autumn is his bridle. The man of new October takes the rain and early frost is on his shoulder. The poor November man sees fire and mist and wind and rain and wind for December man looks through the snow to let eleven brothers know they're all a little The January man, he comes around again in coat and boots of leather to take another turn and walk along the icy road he knows so well. The January man is here to start in each and every year along the road forever.
So speaking of being where we are in Australia, yeah. how did you end up? Like maybe I'm jumping a, a lot from where you were when you were in Germany, yes, but yes. how did you end up here? Uh, look at a friend of mine, and I was only relating this story when I was up in Malden for the folk festival. Uh, a friend of mine from County Wexford that I went to school with in Carlow. Uh, uh, was very keen to come to Australia and he thought it'd be a great idea. And really, I didn't have much anything better to do. It was either here or America. Yeah. So he knew of job opportunities here no, or just no, life? No, 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 no. It, uh, it was a totally uh, frivolous walkabout yeah. endeavour. He'd gotten, he'd gotten and, uh, you know, interested in a guru. He'd lived in London in the time that I'd been travelling around in places and around, you know, around Europe. Um, he'd been living in London studying uh, Hatha yoga and things like that. Pretty serious yoga. I would recommend it. Um, so yeah, that was his passion. So we were coming to Australia uh, to earn some money so we could do the overland to India to to go to the you know this guru of his. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's yeah, that's how I ended up out here. Yeah. So, and uh, and you you took the painting. You were still painting from. When Look at you! I went. Uh, you know that was that was my start, and that was in 1981. It was uh, when I started that. You know, went down to Munich and picked up a paintbrush and became a painter. Uh, I came here in 1987. Uh, you know, I I didn't done. I worked in McDonald's, worked in BMW, uh, worked on digging holes in Greece, and worked on flower farms in in Israel and things like that. All in between, yeah. No, yeah, but right. it's not a lot of painting, but. Lots of different things, but yeah, I came out here and uh, uh, we rented a, or you know, rented a flat in a place in St Kilda here in Melbourne. And uh, the chap that lived up above us was a painter, and uh, uh, things were good, and, and uh, things things were looking up. And, and and fortunately for us, things were looking up at the time. Yeah, you know, in, here in uh, here in Melbourne in 1987, there was a bit of a, a kind of a building uh, revival, and hasn't stopped. So, uh, yeah. Then how did you end up uh, in the company of Paddy? Uh, look at you, years later, um, after a couple of kids and whatnot, I suppose I was, you know, I would have been pretty close to 40 in my mid-30s, mid-late 30s. A uh, couple of kids later, you know, after been here for a few years, um, went to a session at the, the High Point Shopping Centre, a place called, you know, pub at the time called Finnegan's. I don't know how long ago that was, probably early 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Now, am, um, I, am I thinking you, you, you're still not singing at this stage? No, 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 no. Singing to myself, probably. Yeah. You know, Spansel Hill and stuff, songs like that. You know, singing to myself. I'm probably always singing to myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, never. Uh, of course, uh, you know, the drink, uh, you know, once you have a few drinks and you don't know, you'll, you'll sing at, you know, any occasion. You know, no matter where I was, I think I probably sang a song. Yeah. But, uh, you know, never serious about it. No, I'm not serious about it now. But, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just just something you did when you had a few drinks. <laughs> so Finnegan's was a, that was, that was in... Yeah, that was it, yeah, yeah. There was a fiddle player that, uh, we we were a homeschool family, so uh, one of the home, one of the homeschool parents uh, was a fiddle player. Her name was Nikki Nikki Bilehearts, now Nikki Kramer, uh, Aussie girl, um, and she was mad keen for the for the Irish music, like 
some people get you know we've got Japanese friends that are mad keen for the Irish music they're twice as good as us <laughs> they don't drink as much as us of course but you know that, that's their drawback but I shouldn't say that but uh, yeah yeah so yeah Nicky Nicky was very keen on, the, on, on Irish music and uh, uh, invited me you know and said come on over to the come on over to Finnegan's and have a look at what's going on here you might like it yeah. And by Jesus, did I like it? I fell in love with it pretty much straight away. I had to go and do something. So, you know, I went, Paddy, of course, and Joe. It was Paddy, Joe, Johnny, and, uh, you know, John Blaney, and um, uh, Marin Doherty, and this, this girl, Nikki, and, uh, and Paddy's son, Jimmy. And, yeah, so it was very sweet. You know, you could not not like it. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I fell in love with it pretty much straight away, and I had to go and do something. Uh, so I, you know. So what is the something? I I, I tried I, I tried to learn one of Paddy's songs called uh, what's it called now? Oh, Mrs. Maguire. Right. Do you remember it? No, oh, I, I probably remember the first the first verse of it. Can we have that? <laughs> as much as you can go, and then we'll. Oh, me name it is Maguire, and I'll quickly tell to you of a pretty girl I admire, named Kitty O'Donoghue. Oh, she's handsome, fat, and rosy, and believe me, she's all fair. Every night that I go to see her, sure, mother, she surely says, Are we joining it up from the fire, get up? Give this man your seat. Do you see it? It's Mr. McGuire and he's courting your sister, Kate. Ha ha, you know very well that he owns a farm a little ways out of town. I get up with a dachy, but the brat let Mr. McGuire sit down. That was the song that Paddy sang. He's a so great he's singer. Paddy. He's a great singer, Paddy, too. You know. So I just have a question before we move on from yeah. that. So then, because I'm, I'm all intrigued by, you know, players... Let, let's say traditional players, players who play an instrument, they, yeah. um, their intro into playing for the first time is a, there's a gradient there. They can sit in the background quietly and, and tip, 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 tip until they feel like they might be able to start a set themselves and, and yes, have yes. the spotlight. Yes. But mm. the singer has a bit of a, a bit of a milestone and it's a, it's a big, it's a big, it's leap. A big, big leap. It what is a big that, leap. What yeah. was that like? Look at Joe. Uh, I think now, and I, I don't even remember, you know, what it was or when it was or how it was, but uh, it was all the lead up to it. It's just feeling comfortable in the company you're with. Yeah. You know, going back, uh, you know, kind of week after week, I was working as a painter, as I say, you know, in High Point Shopping Centres out in Maribyrnong. I was living in Healesville at the time. I was working in Brighton mostly. So this was on a, I think it was a Friday night. Yeah, it was a Friday night. Uh, I'd drive from work in Brighton with my painter's clothes on, you know, head to High Point Shopping Centre for five o'clock, if I could get there by five o'clock. Yeah. And uh, sit there and listen and tap me foot and, you know, there wouldn't be too many people listening either. You know, it was, it, it was in a shopping centre, you know, it wasn't like it was a hive of, you know, Irish people milling around. It was just where Paddy and Joe and uh, and and you know, people could come and play some tunes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was uh, yeah, I was I was bitten by it. I I loved it. So yeah, and I just kept coming back. And and you know, they made you feel so welcome. So and Paddy, as you know, you've met him. You know what he's like. He's uh, you know, everybody's welcome and. Sooner or later, I sang a song. And was, yeah. it, and was that the very was that the Look, first song you think? I think that the very first song was probably the Flower Sweet Traban, yeah, which I love. You yeah. know, it's a lovely song. 
you know, I'm tired of singing it now, but... I won't ask and, you then. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love singing it. It yeah. was probably my first song, all right, yeah, yeah. And then that uh, Mrs. Mag- Mr. Maguire. Mm. Uh-huh. I, I wanted to ask you then also um, if... There's a lot of tunes going on because you because you also like one of the, the first time I came in here to the last jar I saw yeah. you and you were playing the whistle and then you were also playing the spoons. Yeah, yeah, I love my spoons. Aye. Yeah, aye. So yeah, so w- was that a way of just kind of? Yeah, yeah. That was that was the, that was edging that, into that was the back door. That was the chancer. That was the chancer <laughs> move. <laughs> I, I had to do. But s- you know, that's it's funny you say that because like hmm. um, uh, somebody. Uh, an Australian friend about a year after I arrived here sent me this picture from an old book and he says do you know what this guy's doing and it was somebody playing the bones but it was oh, a picture yeah. from an old book it wasn't even an Irish book I think it was like an Indian book or something right yeah, um, yeah. and uh, and it was funny and then and the, the spoons thing I was I was explaining to my, my two children about you know playing the spoons and, mm. and they said they said how do you do it and I was like I picked up a couple <laughs> of spoons I was like I have no idea I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> I mean, you've got. Uh, you've got yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Because there's not too many of us, really. You know, I mean, I'm. I'm have you got? Have you got them? In, have you got? A I, I do have. I do now? have them. In, I should have them in my bag. Yeah, yeah. And but I'm very forgetful. They've ended up in the kitchen. They've ended up <laughs> in all sorts of places. But I've always managed to get them back. And it's not like they're special spoons or anything. You know, they're just normal. You know. Soup spoons, soup spoons yeah. yeah, yeah, they come out. Yeah, they could say the op shop soup spoon. You know, they're not your modern soup spoon. They're yeah. nickel, silver plated nickel. Mm. And so, for for anybody listening to this who aren't familiar with sort of mm. spoons in Irish music, so <laughs> so uh, Mark is kind of holding one spoon be, uh, between his middle and his index finger, and the yeah. other between the thumb and the index finger. So yeah. the the backs of the two spoons are kind of up yeah. against each other, and the bottom one's pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah, and the so, top one does all the dangy, diddly, ding, 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 ding. Right. So mm. then, do you lilt as well when you're? Oh, look at you! I'm not a lilter like Paddy for sure. Give us a wee spin there with a. Could you? Ah, uh, yeah. Or something. If you, if you. Yes. If you feel no, like no, no, no. Uh, well, I'm here now. I might as well do something. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best response. Yeah. The door's uh, locked. Yeah. <laughs> the door's locked. Out through the window. But no, yeah. Um, look at I'm not a lilter like Paddy Fitzgerald. There's some lovely lilters. Uh, lovely, another lovely lilter I met when I came out here. I went up to the Canberra Folk Festival once, and a chap from uh, he was living over in Western Australia, Jim Kearns. Another lovely lilter. Don't know whatever happened to man. Paddy would probably know. Paddy knows everybody, as you know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You just you know. I'm not. I'm not very good. You really need the it's tunes. Hard to do. You need a tune. You yeah. need need the tunes. You know. You boys are tune players, I'll, I'll give you a tune. All you right. Tune. There you go. There you go. There you Here go. we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah.
<laughs> well, we don't, Nick. Huh? That's great, that is. We'll keep you. <laughs> we, we need all the tune players we can ha- get. So it's, it's all about the tune players. Uh, that's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great sound. It's a great. Look at you, yeah. It seems to know. do, yeah. I, I do love it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you just before before we get into another song, um, I wanted mm. to ask you about a wee bit about you mentioned there about yoga, and and your pal being into Jake the yoga, Kelly. and you coming mm. here with the idea that you were going to make some money and then. Head off again, is that right? Yeah, just head yeah, off to yeah. India. Yeah, head off yeah. to India. Did you ever make it to India? No, no, never. So, what was the appeal? So, what was the appeal for you with yoga? Ah, look, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was uplifting. It was, it was invigorating. You know, being able to. I mean, because yoga now, it. like I think about yoga now, and everybody does it, right? But yeah, we'd be talking about maybe eighties, late eighties, oh, yeah, like yeah. nineteen ninety or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighty seven. So, we came here. It, we were doing it in eighty seven. So we. He was, it, started was, was it as widespread then as it is now? Or? Uh, look, no, it was pretty. Co- it was pretty popular in it London, was, I think, at the time. Right. Yeah, right. it was yeah. pretty popular. Lots of people were heading to India. Right. As it happened, uh, you know, the, the people that I met when I came out here, uh, you know, were also, you know, pretty heavily involved in the, in the, the guru business. Mm-hmm. I call her a business now. I'm not so much into <laughs> gurus a, anymore. That's the. Uh, that's probably the appropriate word. Yeah. When when did that when did that change happen for you? Look at yeah yeah my my ex partner now and we won't go down that track because that's a that's a story in itself. But um, her father and brothers and whatnot were all involved in a in a guru um, you know, uh, following a guru. Anyway, I got involved. I got involved, you know. And I, she was coming out here, and we all had to do our we all had to do our duty. Duty was, you know, volunteering to work hard, paint. In my case, yeah. you know, sand. And this is after work. You know, for ded- it's called dedication or whatever. Look, at, I loved. Uh, I, I I I needed something. Obviously, I wasn't uh, wasn't into into yoga or, or into guruism for. You know, because it was good fun, I was after something, I was looking for something, you know. As I say, I, I was a member of the CIA, Catholic, Irish and alcoholic, <laughs> you know, looking for something, running away from something, uh, you know. So, yeah, there was, there was all of that. But, yeah, it was exploitation. I, 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 I see all that hard labour in the end, you know, and it was hours and hours and hours of it. Um what were you running away from to get to get into the yoga? Well, you know the the Catholic Church is not a very I don't I don't hold hold it in very high esteem. Aye. I shouldn't say that on on uh, you know on a on a on a podcast that people that are you know Catholic anywhere are going to be listened to. But that's my that's my. Right. You ask me the question, Dominic, and I won't be telling you any. Yeah, I was running away from running away from that. And so, so the the yoga itself mm. did that. What did that give you? Oh, it was all all a distraction. Mm. All a distraction, like all the like all the rest of it is. You know, it was only until I really got into the music and a, a sense of belonging in the music, and you know that the, the therapy started to. It's a therapy for me. It really is, you know. 
I come here religiously every week. That's all. I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a stage performer or, or you know, I like to have a bit of crack and you know I've got a bit of banter. But uh, yeah, it's the routine of it. You know, and the people, the people, the Paddy Fitzgeralds and the Peter Blenkons, the John Blaney's, the Noel Hanways, the Della and Helen. All the, the it's 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 a therapy. It's for, well. I love the music, you know, music right. is great, music is fantastic. Um, yeah. You mentioned then as well, sort of homeschooling your kids, was yeah. that was that part of that sort that, of scene? Or? That, well, that was part of, that was part of my, uh, my dogma about not, right. uh, not having authority, uh, not, not handing over authority of my children's right. education to anybody else but myself or my mm-hmm. partner. Was that, I don't know if we did a good job, but was it hard but, work? I mean, because yes, it is hard work. Uh, I, I was a poor, I, I was a very poor man. They don't give you any money to educate your children. You got to pay for it yourself. There was no government. We had to. I mean, we were doing something that was illegal, of course, at the time. We worked. We, you know, there was. It was. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't allowed to take your children out of school. Uh, but we took our children out of school. We, you know. Did, did and, you have to? I mean, I mean. And then we got, and of course, we had to get. Uh, you know, we had. To, we didn't want to be illegal, so we 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 set up a network of, of likewise people, and started to talk to you know Department of Education so that we could be, and yeah, we eventually got to a place where uh, we we could be assessed at home, and you know, um, guidelines could be set. So yeah, it's it's it was hard work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you spending a lot of the time, uh, or your partner? Partner, partner mostly. Doing doing a lot of the doing the, a lot the, of that, doing a lot of that stuff, teaching that stuff. Yeah, right. uh-huh. I was out there just trying to uh, you know, climb up and down ladders, pay for it all. Uh-huh. I involved myself as much as I could. We had a lot of excursions, which we taught. You know, was a good thing, of course. You know, you got to get the children out in town, doing activities. We so, saw, you know, you'd go down to the beach, or you'd go out to bush, or you'd have a weekend camp and stuff like that. So I involved myself in all of that. Uh, but the day-to-day homeschool, you know, doing the maths, doing the English, doing the, you know, the, the stuff, yeah, it was my ex-partner's job or, you know, that was her role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back on that now, um, mm. like I know I have friends who've homeschooled their kids and they okay. look back on it and, and mm. they, they generally feel pretty pleased about it in a sense that they that they did a really good thing it was a difficult thing for their kids but they did i mean is mm. that your take on it or look at you i i i don't have any regrets about it i've still got my two kids at home with me so i'm very fortunate mm-hmm. you know uh, my daughter sally uh, went away for a while you know working once uh, you know once she became of age but she's back home with me now and studying and you know, I'm delighted she's studying. She's very, you know, I think she's very clever. We all think our children are clever, of course, but you know, I think she's pretty clever. Uh, and my younger son, Matthew, 24, is still, you know, living at home. I'm quite happy to have them living at home with me for as long as they want to be living at home with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is it nice to have your daughter back? It is. Yeah, be. yeah. Well, she's got a boyfriend, so you don't have to share her, but that's all right. <laughs> Still, it's still nice to have her around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you, would you, would you consider another song? Oh us? right, yeah, yeah. Gosh, do you know what the routine is? You know, you're coming in here year after year after year. You'd probably just sing two songs in a night. You'd hardly get to sing three, 
or if you're lucky, you know, you'd probably seen three. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll have to look at my. Uh, right. I'll have to look at a couple yeah. of sheets. Uh, Give myself an idea. Do your kids play or sing at all? Uh, look at no. They, we we took them to the you know we took them to Kyoltis and yeah. uh, you know went to the festivals and uh, I I recall when you were talking to Corinne here you know and it reminded me every time uh, yeah I took my kids when and I were, I, I know Corinne when she, since since she was a you know young teenager very talented lovely lovely kids uh, up at them. Rose's Gap, you know, a place up near the Grampians. Yeah. Yeah, so we did all of that, but uh, no, they went on their own tangents then. They went to the, you know, the doofs and the, yeah. and the rainbow serpents. And, but my son these days, yeah, he, he, uh, he loves his electronic, electronic music. He, he creates, uh, you know, music uh, himself. And my daughter likes to, you know, tinker on the piano. So there's a, a bit of it going on, yeah. which is good. And who knows, Nick? Like you, as yourself, you came to it late. I've come yes, to it yes, late. Yes, yes, yeah. Look at uh, no, no, I was lost. I can probably genuinely say I was probably nearly forty before I. Well, you know, late thirties anyway. Before, yeah. you know, I came came to bloom. I'm fifty seven now, so yeah. Uh, it's never too late, is it? You no. know. What do you fancy singing? Look, I'd probably sing the Banner Strand. You know, everybody wants you to sing a rebel song. And um, uh, maybe I won't, you know. I'll probably sing Far Away in Australia instead because I love that song too because there's not too many songs about Australia and uh, where us Irish end up, you know. There's plenty about going to America and whatnot, but uh, Far Away in Australia is probably the the only one that I know. And I've only just learnt it recently. And I think it's lovely, from Dolores Keane, of course. So I'll give that a go. Sweetheart, I'm bidding you fond farewell. I will be yours some day. I'm bound for a new land, my fortunes to try, and I'm ready to sail away. Far away in Australia, soon will fate be kind, and I will be ready to welcome at last the girl I left behind. Oh, you can't leave me, this poor maiden said, I will not let you go. But I must leave you, she gently replied, if for only a while you know. Far away in Australia, soon will fate be kind and i will be ready to welcome at last the girl i left behind now in success or in failure i will always be true and proudly each day in a land far away i'll be building a home for you far away in australia soon will fate be kind 
And I will be ready to welcome at last The girl I left behind Daily she waits at the old cottage gate Watching the whole day through Then one day a message from over the sea And I'm hoping these words are true Far away in Australia now has come the time when I am ready to welcome at last the girl I left behind far away in Australia. Now has come the time when I am ready to welcome at last the girl I left behind. Thank you. You didn't want to go back to Ireland. No. Right? No. Was it hard to be so far away though? Oh, at yes, the same yes. time? Yes, 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 it wasn't easy, no. 12,000 mi- 12, miles away is a long way away. You know, flights back then were as expensive as they are now. And, you know, you weren't earning $10 an hour, so, you know, it was 13 years out here before I had um, the opportunity to go back home again. And that was only because my sisters, you know, helped me out, you know. So, yeah, it was it was lonely, yeah, it, was, it was, it was, it was. After... After the dream, you know, the dream of heading up to India and all that fell apart. Uh, you know, because this mate of mine uh, from County Wexford, Jay Kelly, we ended up having a huge, big barney up in, uh, up in Alice Springs. You wouldn't read about it, you know, in the centre of the country, you know, up there in the MacDonald Ranges, mm-hmm. up in, uh, you know, ancient country, the Finky Gorge and whatnot. He, he tells me, look, at, I'm not going to India anymore. I'm, uh, I'm just going to, you know, finish out the year here and then go back to the farm. You know, no farm for me to go back to, you know. So yeah, the old fist came out and uh, he went to Western Australia. I went over. We were travelling with uh, an Aussie guy at the time. I went and then I went over to um, to Queensland. I saw him before he left, you know, and, and we caught up in. We caught up in uh, Sydney six months later because we were only here six months when he says, you know, it's all because we were on our way up north, heading in that direction. Uh, yeah, when it all fell apart. And anyway, I saw him six months later and uh, yeah, yeah, said our, you know, said our sorries or whatever. And then, yeah, I was illegal here in the country then after that. There was nothing for me to go back to India. It was off the cards. I wasn't going there on my own. You know, I was always, I'm a coward, you know, always needed people around me. I'm like that now when it comes to the music. If it wasn't for the people, uh, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be much crack. It's That's all right. about the people, Dominic. Yourself and, then, you know, Darren, invite me here to have a chat. You know, it's all about the people you meet. Really? And I was so fortunate to meet the likes of Paddy Fitzgerald, mm. you know, wasn't I? Completely. Mm. 
and you've interviewed all the people that uh, you know have influenced me over that time the Jamie Malloy's the Aero Barkers the, the Corinne Stratton's the Tony O'Rourke's the you know the, the even the younger ones like Angus uh, you know and whatnot you know yeah. they're all the people that I'm so fortunate enough to be around yeah mm. Well, they'd I, say the same I about suppose, you, though. They would, you know. Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, and yeah. There's, there's truth to that, you know. Yeah, there's there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. yeah. Very fortunate about the people we've met. Like Corinne was saying when she was talking to you, uh, you know, when she went over to Galway that time, and uh, you know, was I think it was Sharon Shannon's sister. She ended up staying in mm. a accommodation with, and how much that extra, you know, opened up for her. Mm. It's all about the people you meet. This is a bit of a sideways to what we were just speaking about, yeah. but it is an interesting point. When you've gone back home, mm. since you've found music, mm. what's what, what's that been like to you? I, the reason I suppose I'm asking is because I definitely feel when I go towards it, I feel like I'm an imposter because I've come to it over here. Yeah. Is there any of that, or oh, what is look, it like? Yes, yes. Well, when you're coming from the spoon player perspective, you're always uh, you know <laughs> they're, they're they're very she- they're very sheepish about you for a start, you yeah. know. Jason's here to blow up with spoons. You will watch yourself, watch your man there now. Because yeah, yeah. there's, there's you know, they sing songs about modern spoon players. <laughs> you know, so yeah, as a spoon player, you're very conscious. Yeah, you know, because. You know, but do you get involved now when you go home? And look, because I, because I haven't been home so much. <laughs> no, I yeah. I haven't got involved. I've been out here over thirty two years, as you say, and I and I'm, I'm in the process of getting my citizenship, and and in doing all of that. Uh, you know, you got to work out, you know, the time you've been out of the country. It's been 90 days and 30 years. So that's wow. not a lot. No. So, yeah, not a lot of time to play music in Ireland. I was very fortunate and misfortunate that in 2012, when we went home for my father's funeral, I got to go to the FLA over in uh, County Cavan at the time. So, and I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah. Got to rattle my spoons to Billy all that time, well, I must admit. <laughs> They had to stop me. Yeah. So yeah, that was probably. Uh, but my sisters, uh, my sisters uh, love the music too. You know, they're they're not. They love to sing a song. And my eldest sister has a pub in the town. Has has had a pub in the town since ever since I you know I was uh, I left. Uh, and there's music in there. So yeah, yeah. And my father was a singer. Uh, uh, and in in the process of doing this, uh, you know, talk with you when you rang me up, uh, Dominic. Uh, uh, I had a I had a nine track or a six no nine track CD that uh, you know they recorded of my father back at home in two thousand and five I think it was yeah it was two thousand and five uh, so he was in his he was getting on he was in his he would have been eighty I'd say he he died at age eighty seven in two thousand and twelve yeah. so yeah he was getting close to his eighties or in his eighties uh, and it was just lovely I. Got, and it's the first time I listened to it since 2012. Wow. What a great thing to have. What does he Look, sing? Look, and thank you to Dominic and thank you to Darren for giving me that opportunity to think, where did I get my music from? You know, and I went, I thought, I'm going to have to listen to this. You know, because, you know, now is the time. What was it like listening to it? Look, it was... It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really lovely, you know. I can't sing his songs because he sings in a lot higher key than me, you know, those songs like, After the ball is over. And he had a very gentle voice in his 80s, you know, very shallow. And, uh, you know, songs like Maggie, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
The Rose of Alan Dale. Just lovely songs, yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of my father. Yeah. It's hard being, being a singer at sessions because you've got to have a bit of a, you know, you end up shouting a lot of the songs. It's hard to quieten the, the mob down sometimes. Yeah. It's a lovely feeling when you can quieten a room. You know, I, and I've been fortunate enough to have that, you know. I've seen you do it. Yeah, yeah, quite in a room. And, and the song just seems to just come from another place because everybody's willing it. If you know when they're quiet or listening to every word and it just seems to just drag out of you, mm. you know. Mm. It's, it's, it's a lovely, uh, yeah, it's a lovely feeling. Mm-hmm. So you've been here... Um, for all these years, and, yeah. and and your children are Australian, yes, and you're yes. getting your citizenship. So that's <laughs> yes, that's a and two and two stepchildren. Uh, if you know from uh, you know, I was I was uh, I wasn't married, but I was in a relationship for twenty years, and yeah, uh, and inherited two little kids from that as well. So I regard them as my children uh, as well. You know, because mm-hmm. we, yeah, so yeah, very fortunate man. Like Paddy Fitzgerald would say, <laughs> yeah, very fortunate. He's had nine kids. Would you believe it? Yeah. You know. Well, thank you so much for looking, Dominic. Lovely. Thank, thank you. you, Mark. It's that brilliant. To that have a that to that went to. a lot easier than I thought. Oh, when I consider all the lovely, you know, all all the the names that are on that, on that, you know, podcast that you've got. Oh, it's um, a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Would you do I one more privileged. song? Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I could probably do another song. You know, I'm, I'm well capable. I think it's your choice. It's my choice again. Yeah, it's your choice. Right. The first song I heard, the song I heard you singing here was the the man from Connemara. Well, look, I don't I know might, if you fancy singing that. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I might. Uh, I haven't seen that for a while, so I'll probably sing that. If I forget a verse, a verse of it, no, that's that's all right. or if, if there's something else there you want to look at. No, no, I don't think so. You know, I, I do, I do have. Uh, you know, the band of Strand. You know, the the, the the Nancy Spain, which I love, Nancy Spain. And the banks of the Moy, which I think is a beautiful song too, a song about Michael Davitt. Right. Yeah, that's all great songs. I like to sing songs that have a bit of a. Do you want to do the banks of the Moy? Banks are all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's going to happen as soon as you go downstairs? All eyes are going to be on you because you'll be missing, and they'll all want you to sing another one as soon as you go in. Look at jail. It's either a feast or a famine. Somebody will say, "Do the banks of the Moy." Yeah, I got a town pat. Yeah, Yeah. the very one. Look at it, and, and it's uh, I got it from Colm O'Donnell, you know, he's uh, that, that um, singer from I think he's from Sligo, yeah. I don't know who he sang, I think he probably sang with Dervish and and bands like that. I can't recall it exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm no good for uh, who belongs where in the music. Right. If you're talking to Tony O'Rourke, he'll tell you every uh, nuance of uh, when he, he's a very, very he knows a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. anyway, the banks of the Moy. One day as I went on my rambles From Swinford to Sweet Ballylee I met a young maid on her rambles And her name it was Mary McGee she sighed for the love of our country. Michael David, our true Irish boy, 
who is still in our prison in Portland. Far from the lovely sweet banks of the Moy. I quickly approached this young fair maid, asked her what was the cause of her woe, and what was the cause of her misery, which forced her to leave her own home. It was for the rights of my country, Michael David, my true Irish boy, who is still in a prison in Portland, far from the lovely sweet banks of the Moy. Don't speak of that sweet sixty-seven. We had brave men and true men, you know. We had brave Peter Carney, God bless him, who died in Killarney also. He was drilled by my darling Mike Tavitt in the valleys and plains of Fermoy. And that's why he's a prisoner in Portland, far from the lovely sweet banks of the Moy. So now to conclude and to finish, I hope that the day will come soon. When those cruel landlords and bailiffs from the Isle of St. Patrick must run, We'll unfold every green and gold banner and we'll rise down to Ireland on high and we'll drink to the brave Michael David far from the lovely sweet banks of the Moy. Mark Wilson, thanks again for taking an hour to talk to us out of what was a fantastic night at the last year two, three weeks ago. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. I've, I said it to you and I've said it before. It just it gets me taking people away from, from sessions and that was a, a particularly good session to have missed when we got back downstairs. There was pretty much every guest that's ever been on this show. There was... <laughs> Uh, it was it was just quality music and great crack and Liz Carroll came in towards the end of the evening not even not the end even midway through the night she came in saw herself and Paddy led this session that went on until the wee hours and it was just it was an absolute cracker as Paddy said 
you you were there, weren't you? Right. Paddy Paddy stopped at one time during the night, and Chris said a few words, and then Paddy Fitzgerald said, uh, "He said I've waited all my life for the stars to align to give me a night like tonight." And it was just it sums it up exactly what it was like. It was an incredible like an incredible night. We probably end up sharing some um, photographs on our um, Facebook and stuff. Actually, like that. yeah, and if you if you go to the Last Jars uh, Facebook page, you can find the video from there that um, was posted as well. There's a, a couple of great clips there, and um, one of the things about it was that the um, you know all through every episode when we've talked about sessions, people talk about kind of aspects of the session and how things gather momentum and there was a sense that that for me anyway coming in late but even then there was a sense that it was kind of ramping up and then somebody else would arrive and then Liz arrived and then Edo Barker came in and then you know it was just it just seemed to be kind of continually snowballing into as, just a, as um as um Bob Singer said to me that night he, he he'd just come back from living in Ireland for a number of years and uh he said isn't it funny the center of Irish music is happening on this Wednesday night in the small bar in Melbourne, Australia, just by pure chance, all these people have turned up. And it was for those five or six hours that we were in there, that was the epicenter of, of music for that, for that time. It was yeah. incredible, yeah. incredible. So thank you, Chris, and all the gang at The Last Jar, you know, you're legends. And thanks again to Mark for taking an hour out of that to yeah. talk to us. So that was awesome. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. And that's us. Thanks again. Look. Hi, my name is Rosa. Please become a subscriber to the podcast. Thank you.